You guys, this is going to be an expedition of conversation. It's going to keep you enthralled. It's going to give you a new lens, not only of entrepreneurship, but of relational stewarding, of community, of really saying yes to your mission and understanding that it is God above all. And oftentimes as Christians, we don't do that. We we say that and we use those words, but are your actions is your business, are they parallel to that truth and that belief? Well, I can assure you today you're going to learn and you're going to leave informed and even inspired by Ashley June to be a little bit more wild and a lot more radiant with your faith, with your belief, how you steward what it is that God has given you from a gift and talent perspective and the community that you are likely cultivating. I was so empowered and so excited to get to know her on a deeper level. I was on her show, The Wild and Radiant Podcast, so I encourage you to surely check that out as well. You can tag us both here and share it in your stories to say that you listened. Ultimately, I want you to know that we want you to step into the impact that God has planned for you, and that impact is associated with income, but you cannot be silent in the process. Let's get wild and radiant, y'all. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. All right, all right, all right. You guys are joining us today in my new podcasting studio. And I don't have my wall painted the way that it needs to be yet, but I'm excited for those that tune in live. You're going to see a little bit of a different storyline and, of course, a brand new guest that I am so excited to introduce you to, um, my friend Ashley June. And y'all, I never like go to the script of what they provide in the bios. I just give you the reference of, hey, this is how we met. This is what you need to know about this person. And we dive right into the conversation. But this is way too good not to like literally directly read to you because her heart is so parallel to the mission of fit and faith, the mission of uh, how I coach, the mission of what my family and I do on a daily basis, and specifically for the wild and the radiant. And if that doesn't cut your spirit and get you up out of your seat, I don't know what will, because I want to raise my hand to the fact that I am that wild and radiant, and that's who Ashley June is. So listen to this really quick, and then we'll hear from her. So she's a six-figure online business owner who shares her faith on the daily and nerds out, we're going to talk about this, on funnels (laughs) and strategy. I am all for it. Uh, She is a mom of three. She's obsessed with storytelling. She's a podcaster herself, which we just dropped our show together on her show today. So you'll have to tune into that. She is a launch expert, which we all need the inside scoop for that. She's a lover of the mountains and the sea. Me too. She's a wife to a ski bum. Mine's a surf bum. And she has and helps women entrepreneurs put on, this is my favorite part, their Joan of Arc in the business world so they can make an impact and income and have a voice of truth in a world where culture has tried to silence them. Me too. I believe God called us, I say I, because that's what she said, but we believe that God called us into the business battlefield and he desires for us to arise as leaders and stewards in our communities and the online space while having the freedom and fun, there's the wild and radiant, to go after our dreams he gave to us. So Ashley, what a pleasure and what an awesome bio. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. And yeah, it's been a heck of a journey to get to this place. So yes, and that's the coolest part, right? So we get the glimpse of the glam, we get the wild and the radiant, we get the taglines and the cool constructed bio statements. But I want to know about the journey to get here because that's what the show is all about and the encouragement factor that I think 
our audience needs all the time. <laughs> yeah. But let's jump in wherever that is <laughs> at. Well, it's so funny because it's always so interesting to tell your own story. You know, like you always, you talk to your students or your clients and you always hear their stories. But when it talk when it's your own story, you're like, ah, there's like this and this and this and this and this. So um, I will consolidate as best as I can. Hey, we got um, a whole show just for you. That's the right? cool part about being in the hot seat <laughs> instead of on the podcasting host side. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I guess it kind of begins, um, you know, had my young adult life, childhood, all of that. Um, grew up in a Christian family, but there was also a lot of chaos. And um, it, it was just interesting. Like, we're still kind of dealing with some of the pieces of, you know, growing up in a home where there was a lot of chaos because I had two parents who came from just very different upbringings, like perfect Christian home and like not a Christian home at all coming together. And um they had me and uh, before they were married. So I kind of started the family dynamic. So, you know, just young parents. Um, and so you can imagine kind of growing up in chaos with young parents, um, but uh, a mother specifically who like really loves the Lord, you know, kind of guiding the family throughout the years. Um, and then a dad who uh, slowly has caught up throughout the years. So <laughs> um, anyway, so my family was a family of entrepreneurs for the most part. My dad owned an auto body shop and um, his whole journey was basically our family was just not making very much money and they were struggling. Their marriage was struggling. Our family was struggling and he just decided to risk it all and start his auto body shop. And the Lord also did some like amazing work in our family during that season. And that really started off, um, I guess you could say like this, this new life was kind of born. Uh, and our family dynamic just totally changed. And I was about maybe 10 years old or something like this. This was around 1996, 1995. And um, throughout the years, like my family went from really struggling financially, you know, to really having this huge breakthrough through having this, uh, this small business, you know, like the small businesses, like you, your income is not capped, you know, your potential is not capped, you're not working for the man and like, hey. struggling, you know, <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh, like, yeah, it's like true financial freedom and like creative freedom, personal freedom. Yes, it comes through yes, small so business. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, you know, growing up, went to college, um, got my undergrad in business management, and then actually proceeded to get my master's in business administration with a emphasis in managing for sustainability. And I kind of went into my master's program because I didn't really know what to do. You know, um, it was 2008. The economy was crashing. Everything was like you know, a mess then. And so I was kind of like, I don't really know what to do. So I went, um, got my master's. I did a hybrid program. So I finished um, half, of it, half of it online and moved up to the mountains for the second time up to Summit County, like Breckenridge, Colorado. And I met my husband, ski bum husband. Um, we worked at a ski shop and uh, got married after only knowing each other for 10 months. Um, wow. I know it was like, God was just, it was just so funny. You have those seasons of just intense, you know, things are just happening, you know, like blessing after For blessing sure. after blessing. Um, and so I ended up, uh, we got married and then we moved to Nashville where he had been living previously for a while and he was flipping homes uh, in like transitional areas in Nashville, um, which is so cool to see now, like 10 years later, these homes are just like neighborhoods are just being transformed and homes that he was buying for like $50,000 to flip are selling for like 5000 or $500,000. It's so wild, the real estate industry right now. Yeah. So insane. Very different than what happened in 2008, right? With And I was right there with you. We're like same exact age. I graduated in 2008, had that like, did I get my master's or not? And I actually graduated with a business management um, degree as well. So really cool. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that in there. Well, I love the the parallel journeys, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I we had moved to Nashville and he had actually started buying houses with his brother in about 2008 because of all the crashes. So he was kind of back and forth there. Uh, but we spent a year there and I was so aimless. Like I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I had been um, working on... Uh, 
photography skills. I had picked up a camera and had started to really develop a love of photography and thought about starting a business during that season, but then was like, I can't go start a business. You know, I just got a master's. I need to go like do the corporate thing for a while. So I ended up getting a job back in Colorado, back in Breckenridge, Colorado, where my husband and I had like lived and met and um, our community was there. And we were actually just really excited to go back and be in a place that we love and be closer to my family again. And um, I ended up getting a job as a banking officer and it was great for about, gosh, like eight months. And I went through a management training program and was like, you know, wearing heels and suits and all of the, just like the corporate, the corporate thing, you know, so outside of who I am, but (laughs) um, about eight months in a girl came in who uh, like as my new manager and I had already been promoted through like this training program and everything was good. And she came in and it just felt like she had it out for me. And um, so I experienced workplace bullying. Um, I got, (laughs) I got written up, no joke for writing thank you notes to my employees at 9 PM at night at my home, because I should have been working on other things. What? Like it was, I'm not like, it's, it's insane. And then she was telling me how I wear, wore too much makeup and like, and I'm like not a big makeup wearer. So like, it was just so much. And so I remember just praying through that season of like, God help me just have a good attitude showing up to this place every single day. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to quit, you know, like I'm yeah, not a quitter. Yeah. Well, interestingly um, that you brought this up and I don't want it to, to delineate from your story. We're going to jump right back into it. But yeah. I was in a room the other day in clubhouse and we were talking about this concept of bullying and women specifically. Oh no, it actually wasn't in clubhouse. My, my brain is reminding me that it was in a podcast on the technology of the future women's show leaders unite basically. And it was all these women talking about, do you think that women in the workforce are actually for each other? And is there a Mm. community effort versus that competition? And everyone was shaking their head saying like, yeah, girls are like, we're in it together. They've never experienced that bullying. And I was like, uh, raise my hand. I was like, hold on a second. I've actually experienced that firsthand. And while I do totally believe in the community over competition hashtag that everybody is fronting, is it actually happening is still my curiosity. Now, this was about the same time. So you were mid 20s at this point. That was the same thing with me. And she actually, the person who I experienced a similar thing with, she was in the company for like two decades before I got there. And she was a lot older than me. She was in a senior position, but it was... um, actually very parallel, but in a different, in a different component that I still had to ask her, you know, assistance and support a lot. And I was getting like the hate emails, the, every single time I would send something, there would be an error to my, yes. my grammar or my editing that she would say, you should have never sent that unless I did this. Um, she would always undermine what I was saying or teaching or, or training the other people on from a marketing lens. She had no idea about marketing. She was like a dinosaur and you (laughs) had God. I did not at that point. Well, I shouldn't Mm. say I had, I didn't, I had him, but I didn't know that I had him. I didn't have the Holy (laughs) spirit drive by any means. So I was not praying, God, let me be kind. Instead I was like, what is wrong with this lady? And then I would cry (laughs) because I don't handle conflict. So I would just cry. And my husband was constantly like, soothing me and reminding Mm. me that it's just, it's just the way of the world and it's okay. Just kill her with kindness. They would say that's so hard to do when they keep kicking you down. So you're eight months in this experience happens. And how did you handle it? Even knowing that you were praying? (laughs) Well, it was just, it felt like a, a, a period of just like long suffering sort of, you know, even looking back, it wasn't like that long. (laughs) I know, but still I can feel like it. Well, and I'm a, fe- I'm feisty. So like, I'm a, I'm prayerful, but I'm feisty. So I like, I like stand up for stuff and confront things when I feel like things are wrong. So, um, I ended up getting fired, documented out of the system. Um, because well, there were multiple issues like my thank you cards. Um, she would actually keep like practice work when I had questions to come ask her. She like looked like she had like thrown it away and would like keep it and then keep them for my disciplinary. So it was like, I'm like, this girl was so, so off. How old um, was she? In her early thirties, oh, you know, heavens. Um, oh my. 
The funny thing is, though, she we went to a Christmas party, and I remember this specifically, but her mom was, like, in town for the Christmas party, and I heard her mom, like, talk badly about somebody, and I was like, man, I get it now. You know what I mean? Like, she was raised yeah. by a woman, probably, who, like, beat down other women, and yeah. it's um, root. There's always it a root. is. It is. Well, and I'm with you on the community over competition thing. Some of the people who preach that the most are the exact opposite of that, and I think it's kind of a front to, like, hide that that ugliness inside, you know, I totally agree, which is really sad and really hard it um, is. and something for us to like continue to break through and really combat because I think culture, and you said this kind of in your bio, like culture is trying to silence us so much that when we have a voice, it's like that one woman makes the breakthrough. She has the voice and everyone's cheering her on. And then somebody stagnates her or yeah. comes behind their back and does the whole, let me stab you while you're, while you're up on your rise. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's so unnecessary and nasty. And if we could play nicer, like we learned when yeah. we were little, play nice. You, you guys see kids jump on the playground and they are immediately make friends. They are immediately no competition. Hey, you want to play tag? Cool. Let's go. And they don't even yeah. ask questions. They're not worried about what's the backstory. And I think if we came to things with that childlike faith and that childlike belief that we're all in it for good and with intent of good pleasure and good fun, it would change the dynamic so much. Oh, Absolutely. Um, it's so huge. Um, well, so anyway, the final, is there a final straw? Yeah. Fired essentially. So I, final got, straw. I got fired and, uh, I totally like walked out and like gave them papers on workplace bullying. Cause I kind of was like final stand, like, psh, you know, and that's just like how I am, which is like, like good drunk. and bad. <laughs> Well, it's, it's just so funny. And I mean, there's so many things I was so hurt. Like I just felt a lot of hurt and pain, you know, for the years following, but that hurt and pain. And I think this is honestly like how, how God kind of works. Like he'll walk you through something really, really difficult. And you think transitions are going to like feel good and be great, like perfect movies. And often transitions are kind of ugly, you know, and hurtful and painful. And I've kind of started to adapt to this when I'm going through pain. I know I'm kind of going into a next stage of transition and it's typically better. So from that, um, I was just, I was so upset inside and I felt so thrown away because I had never worked so hard for a job. Like I, I literally, I had worked so hard just to be thrown away, misunderstood all of it. And, um, and I've always been like, I hate workplace politics. Like I hate, like, I just want the truth to come out. Like I am so about the truth, you know, let's just, let's, have the truth. Um, and so I should have known that that just was not a good place for me anyway. Like that's just not where God like has ever positioned me strength wise. You know, I never really connected with a certain click growing up. I was friends with everybody, you know, from the, the athletes to the church crowd, to the theater crowd, to the band crowd, to the popular crowd, you know, it's like everybody, I just kind of collected people like that. Um, and didn't really feel like I was just belonged to one, Um, anyway, so I was so upset and I decided that I was going to start a photography business literally like two or three days after I was like, this is what I need to do. I know we want to start a family at some point. Um, I I want the freedom. Like, I don't want to work 55, you know, 60 hour weeks and try to have children. Um, and so we ended up moving back to my hometown in Colorado, which is Fort Collins, Colorado. And that's where we are now. And I started a photography business and did that for six years. Um, it was awesome. I just had a lot of, you know, business success in it. I got to do the, you know, the local service-based hustle in the technician world, sort of, you know, um, and I learned so much. And I mean, there's a lot to that journey and stuff, but to kind of take us to where I am today, um, in 2018, I had my third baby and I was going into my last photography season. I didn't really know it was my last photography season, uh, as a a pregnant, you know, just pregnant. And I had walked through the other two seasons or other two pregnancies, pregnant and like photographing weddings really late into my pregnancy and, you know, getting back like with newborn baby and trying to breastfeed and like all of that in the mix. And it was just, it was a lot, it was a lot. Um, but I felt like God was kind of, uh, transitioning my heart into wanting something more. Like I had kind of met all of the the goals per se that I had wanted to in my photography business and had grown it and become one of the top people in my area and had really consistent clients coming in. Um, and I felt like, um, 
it was just kind of time for something else. And I had some really difficult clients that summer too, which was just really out of the norm for me. So it's kind of funny when I talk about like messier transitions, it was like kind of the, it, it just pushes you into something different, you know? Yeah, and, good. I'm seeing a through line to your story here. You need to write a book on it. <laughs> I know. Right. Well, I'm Messy like transitions would be good. I, and I'm like a stander up person. Like I'm, I yeah. stand up and I <laughs> confront it. And the, to be honest, like when Satan gets confronted, when the truth comes out, people get nasty, you know? Oh yeah. And so, and I can, and I can always do better in my presentation being a strong willed (laughs) person. You know, there's always some moments. Okay. I am taking notes. Do not get in a fight with Ashley (laughs) y'all. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So yeah, in 2018, I was like, I think I want to dive into the online world and I want to, I don't know why um, I had, well, in after I had finished or before I had gone into my MBA program, I'd always thought, what do I want to do when I older? You know what? I would love to be maybe a college professor or professor and teach people business because I love business. I just have such a heart and a passion for business. And, um, so in 2018, I was like, huh, I could, you know, go into the online education world and, um, just teach what I know, like teach, teach, teach what I know. And I felt I was best qualified for the photography industry because I had built a photography business and it was successful. And so I literally was like, okay, God, like I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to close down my business. Um, that next year I turned away over 250 inquiries without doing like an ounce of marketing. And I kind of went on a maternity leave that just didn't end. Um, (laughs) good for you. (laughs) I know it was, it was a good point of transition. So I didn't feel like I was just abruptly not doing anything. Yeah. 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 You were still being, (laughs) I was still busy, um, but I had made that decision. Like, I'm just, I'm not going back. And so that was hard because you built a, you build a business and one that's bringing in really good money and you just close the door and say, this is not where I'm supposed to be anymore. And I'm building something new. So um, right after that, I was- real quick, before you go on, were yeah. you funneling those inquiries to someone specific? Like, did you have friends in the industry or locally that you were like uh, passing to somebody specific? Did their business end up blooming because of your generosity and sharing? Yes. So what ended up happening was when I decided to close it, um, I was like, okay, if I'm going to jump into the education world, like God, like I need you to just make it obvious, you know, like if this is what I'm supposed to do and it's photography and whatnot, like I just need you to like make it obvious, you know, um, to make it, to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Cause I was right in the middle of like, literally like about to have my baby and all of it. And just didn't want to like, you know, jump into a big project right away without knowing that was what I was supposed to do. So, um, I ended up, uh, I was kind of like a leader in our local community, you know, so, um, helped manage a Facebook group with local photographers and, um, just was involved. Like I would go to events and host retreats and people knew me in the community. And, uh, I basically posted in a Facebook group that I ran like, Hey guys, like I'm closing my doors and I am jumping into the online education world. Um, I am going to teach photographers how to run their businesses. Uh, I'm looking for essentially a cohort of group coaching clients to start out with that. I can just teach everything that I did in my business. This is kind of the outline. I mean, I hadn't built any of the content, anything like it was my first time really breaking everything down. Um, and I ended up having five clients sign on with me and made about $20,000 from that first launch. Um, and I actually, I funneled them to a little Facebook group. And so I kind of did like a little miniature launch, but it was literally I think I was like doing this in the middle of like having my baby. Like I started talking to them about it and then like had yeah. my baby and then like closed the clients within like a couple days after that. Like it was so, it was not oh my no pressure. Like it was yeah. just like I'm posting this. Idea. this Let's is- do this. Yeah. And you had yeah. already laid the groundwork. I think a lot of people forget that part when it comes to a launch, like get come out of nowhere generally and do that successfully from the same perspective Um, Mm -hmm. We try and businesses come all the time. They're like, I want to do this thing. But uh, like that effectiveness and that outcome doesn't happen unless you've laid groundwork for the last six years with your name and with your community efforts and your relationships and things. Oh yeah. It was, you know, if, if I could offer any advice to anybody who's wanting to step into maybe a coaching, you know, position or an education position or um, anything, like if you're in I mean, start a community somewhere, you know, and locally start a local community because just by showing up and creating a home for people, people will naturally see you as a leader in your community, which then those people, you know, have the no like and trust factor to move on and, 
work with you in some capacity. And so it's just, it's a great start. And it was probably the easiest launch I have ever done since. Yeah, for you know real. I, mean? I know. Well, it, it only gets harder. <laughs> like you, I know. you realize how easy it is and they're like, oh, I could do that again. And then you add something to it and you add something to your plate and, the, and then it becomes this massive ordeal. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I value that you experienced it that way that then continue to do it. And so I'll be curious what other launch strategies you have as we go through your, yeah. sharing your story. Well, that's actually a great, it definitely kind of, you know, uh, goes into just the element of launching. Like I've just been launching for a long time. Um, and anyway, well, kind of even preceding that, that last year that I had run my photography business, I had uh, launched a senior program because I had stopped weddings about a year before that, um, or maybe I shot my last weddings right before my last year. Cause I was like, my family is just changing. Like things are changing. Like I think God, you know, he pivots our businesses and he makes these changes during these different seasons. Um, but I had created a program for, um, high school seniors and I had, uh, booked $43,000 worth of high school seniors in 15 days in my photography business for a program. And I, that was the first time that I had dove into this launch strategy. I had read, um, the book launch by Jeff Walker, and it is still one of my go-to books sometimes when I just need to like simplify my mind and kind of think about the launch process. And I applied that to my local business, you know, and had this massive success. Um, And so I had done that and then kind of that mini launch when I was closing my business. And then I spent the next, um, gosh, like the next like six months just building out my course content because I was teaching it live to my students. We would actually meet like once a week, we'd go to my little studio space um, and meet and just kind of hang out and drink wine and talk about photography and go through lessons. And then I took all of that content and recorded it for an online course um, and did my first official online launch in the month of May, 2019. Um, And that went well. And then I kept launching and launching. I actually spent, I think most of 2019 or the rest of 2019 and the first part of 2020, just launching, 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 like just a lot of launch practice. I created some smaller programs. Um, I primarily did everything in a Facebook group. That's kind of been the theme like of where I've done my launching and uh, learned so much, you know, so I've kind of built launch structures and tested so much and just been through it so many times with little launches and big launches. Um, and was in the photography, you know, niche for this selling my signature program as my main product. Um, but in 20, gosh, in the summer of 2020, when the world started to go dive into the chaos, (laughs) (laughs) it was not Um, new to you though. You were used to chaos. You've been operating in it since you were little. (laughs) I know. I know it it is the gosh, darn theme of my life sometimes. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) Like uh, my parents will say, like, you've just been fighting from the beginning. And I think I was just born a fighter. You know, I'm not a flighter. I am a yeah. fighter, you know, wow. really good. Um, but good and bad, you know, because it's like yeah. your your greatest strengths can also create some of like the moments sure. where you have your greatest weaknesses. Yeah. And I can give you all of the backstory to the flight experience for that. <laughs> great scenario and some not so good scenarios because of that. So we're just two peas in a pod right here, right? We're just like, uh, like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, you know? exactly. Sugar <laughs> and sweetness. We got it. Um, yeah. So in 2020, I felt like the Lord was like really pressing it hard on my heart that like things were just really changing. You know, um, we were just seeing all of the racial stuff. We were seeing um, all of the just hate for people who think differently. We were seeing uh, the pandemic stuff, you know, like all of all of this stuff. And I'm like, I want the truth to come out about all of this, you know, and something in my spirit just never felt right about what was happening. You know, it's like, why do these things happen during election years commonly? Why do, you know, like, why do these things just pop up, you know, like it's all of it's starting to feel kind of orchestrated. Mm -hmm. And in June of 2020, I felt like the Lord just like smacked me down and like had this moment of like, I don't know, just one of the most intense spiritual experiences that I've ever had. But I just felt like, like there is no more middle ground, you know, like we have to decide 
who we stand for, what we stand for. And, you know, if we want to get through this pandemic or like through all of this stuff, like the truth just has to come out. And um, so I started speaking up and um, about things that I saw happening and combating narratives. And people really don't like when you do that. You know, once again, they don't like when you do that because it yeah. it affects, you know, how they perceive things and how they right. perceive you. Um so I started speaking up just really openly about my faith, um, about what I saw in the world, which that brings politics into the picture, you know, um, and not that I want to be like uber political, but it's really hard to separate your worldview and your faith from, you know, yeah, the system in which it is essentially operating. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's very it's common there. sense. Yeah. Um, The most powerful thing you can do to unlock your greatness and step into your next level of abundance is to get in the room with others who have been where you want to be and perhaps are going where you want to go. But oftentimes we can put ourselves in the wrong room based on exterior vantage points, what they wear, where they go, what they do, when we know in our heart of hearts that we should be following people, standing along people who are aligned in true wealth. Stop feeling alone in the journey of growth as a business leader and an entrepreneur who loves God. Stop struggling to find the right answer when it's already been written. Stop giving up on the desires of your heart when God placed them there with intention. Stop standing in this lack mentality when your prosperity is critical for all of us in the kingdom. Come, find a seat at the table at the most impactful faith-driven business conference you will ever experience. Alongside ministry-driven marketplace leaders, you will evolve, unlock, and activate your next level. That just sounded like a video game. This is not the meta, okay? This is your IRL, your in-real-life chance to be in the room with some of the greatest kingdom entrepreneurs of our time. Founders, innovators, trailblazers who are God-centered are coming together to grow their business for God's sake. And that's an inside-out job. You will leave this three-day intensive with action plans, new income strategies, fresh mentalities towards business and life integration, and a sense of freedom that will have others magnetized to what you are selling by the way you freshly and uniquely serve. It's happening on November 4th through the 6th, 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee, with a highlight VIP event on November 3rd. There are seats at the table for you, but they will go fast. It's a limited reservation. So get your tickets now at growforgod.com. Again, that's growforgod.com. I cannot wait to hug your neck. I cannot wait to see you there in person. I cannot wait for this energetic room to just light up the world because that's what we're going to do when we leave this conference. But you got to be in the room. IRL, let's go. And so I ended up, uh, I mean, I got, you know, real, I, I'm one of those people that sometimes I think I see the result of something way before somebody else does. Like I, I tend to move very fast and I can see like the end result. And I don't know if it's like, you know, kind of, um, God just showing me these things earlier than most, or I just have eyes to see, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. but for me, my life struggle is catching people up, <laughs> you know, like I see <laughs> yes. this. Don't you see this? Yes. Don't you see this? Yes. You know? So good. Um, so anyway, I started that summer. I was like, business feels kind of icky. Like I don't want to like really operate as normal. Like I just want to keep, you know, um, or I was like, I just feel like I just need to be a mouthpiece. Like I just need to spread the truth, share the truth, all of it. Um, and that needs to be my focus versus, you know, promoting my products and my services and trying to like tiptoe around an industry that like, I mean, the photography industry, creative industries, like they're very secular, you know, you have, I think just a lot of, um, a lot of sin, a lot of just like boundaries being pushed, you know, on what is right and what is wrong. And so I started speaking up and had people like friends, um, people in my local community who were like in the photography industry, like uh, old, old clients from my senior programs, just take me through the, like rake me through the coals. Like it was because I had been speaking up and I was like, I really don't have an option. I feel like, the, like God has put it on my heart so much to speak up, you know? And so during that time, I was like, you know what? Like, 
I, I'm tired of being quiet. I'm tired of living in the middle ground. I'm tired of staying quiet about my faith, you know, because I don't want to offend X, Y, Z people and the choices that they make in their life. And, you know, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to be quiet anymore because I feel like our world is in this disaster place because, you know, like people have, they've been quiet because they haven't wanted to hurt feelings, you know, but biblically speaking, you know, we're told to speak the truth in love and the truth is not always pretty. And Jesus was, you know, not a, um, <laughs> we kind of get like, I think the American Jesus is like, oh, he's just love. So kind love. and gentle. So yeah, kind. no, he flipped tables over. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he got like, feisty. And he's very stern. Like, he'll just kind of yeah. like, you know, like kind of yeah. say it how it is. Like, you sometimes don't get like the warm vibes from him. Right. And that's, I think it's super important. Uh, I had a friend who read through the Bible front to back last year and her like revelation was that she was really learning the true character of God from Old Testament to New Testament. And that was really yeah. what she was seeking. Teach me more about who you are. And mm -hmm. she understood, you know, God is love is what everybody preaches, but there's so much more to who God is and knowing the other side, no different than the, like the masculine and feminine traits of God it allows us to be in entirety. And when you think about yes. a man, and this is very stereotypical, but you have that like that stern, that fierce, that force, that strength, that brawn, that muscle. And you think of a woman, you think of the femininity and the simplicity and the uh, emotions and all of that piece. And people only put one element, generally male, as we've experienced, and you say this even in your bio, on the pulpit to speak. Mm -hmm. And there is no parallel. And so the emotions, the empathy, all of these other pieces that are so critical as we embody God are not are being suppressed. And therefore, what is happening, especially from a political front, in my opinion, is that it's so masculinely driven. And therefore, a lot of the things that are greed, pride, hunger, all of that, it's forcibly taken because that's their nature. But if more women were to rise up in that experience, especially women like yourself who do have a voice and are willing to combat that structure, it changes everything. Well, and I think it's like, it's about, um, I, I think the overall theme of what I'm seeing just in our world and the faith dynamic and all of it is that we're seeing such an imbalance, you know? So like, um, Growing up, my my pastor from growing up talked about the fivefold ministry a lot. And uh, to me, it just makes so much sense because you have people balancing one another out. You have the pastors, the apostles, the evangelists, the teachers, um, the uh, the prophets, you know, and in our world, you know, like we see, like we see these churches that are all charismatic with no truth, right. you know, and we see right. the fall of worship pastors there. Yeah. And then we see all fundamental, you know, mm -hmm. with like no Holy pointing spirit fingers, yeah, pointing fingers. And we just all need to come together, you know, yeah. and it's like, that's how we operate. And so like in, in the world systems, you know, there has to be that balance of the masculine and the feminine, you know, and, and then the masculine, they also have to like understand their role. Like your role is to, you know, love, love the wife, love yeah. the church, you the know, fort. basically as your own. Yeah. Like there's know? a whole nother thing. It's so interesting that we're having this conversation yesterday. I was with a client who was a pastor for decades in our community and has since left the pastoral realm, but still pastoring in his own perspective um, as an author and a teacher and things like that. And we were having this very conversation with different language. And the one thing that I think I recognized in what he was saying was that these churches, these different denominational churches or these different belief systems, though all saying that they believe in Jesus as the one true way, uh, they're operating in silos and they're operating simply mm. within their four walls. And if we are supposedly a part of an army and we're never joining forces, that means we're all individually fighting a battle and the enemy is going to win yes. every single time. But imagine if we did what the God says, and we are the church, which doesn't have a four walls construct. It has a body construct. And we were to all come together. We would literally take what was the Valley of Dry Bones and we would be trampling on top of what is supposed to be dead rather than what is currently existing in the battlefield, which is the enemy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, lo I love that. Um like that metaphor of the silos, you know, and just seeing like the individual and it's so true. And I think too, it's like the, 
when you can just operate on your own with no checks and balances and you don't kind of have that, it's like nobody's really walking in accountability or authority, like in the proper so authority. Good. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I just I think that's really where we've seen just so much of the world kind of jump into this chaos, you know, and um, and even and even like in the business world, like I look back, you know, and I'm kind of like the world tells you be quiet about your faith. Don't bring it into business. Don't mix, you know, any, don't mix, mix politics with business. Don't mix any of it with business. Yeah. And, education with God. Like you can't talk yeah. about them anymore. Yeah. It's you're so right. But for like true believers, like if your worldview and like everything in your heart is like, like God is included in that, we can't separate it. You know what I mean? And so I think for years and years, I just kind of operated from a place of separating because the world had told me to do that, you know? And, um, and then I felt like I had to be a part of systems, whether it was the corporate world or whatever it was. Um, and just kind of settle for the truth, not coming out to some extent, you know, or just kind of settle, you know, and yeah, like, I just, yeah, that I complacency factor of just, this is what is normal. This is what everybody does. This is how it should be. And because yeah. like you said, it's almost like the, it's like, there's an elephant in the room and everyone is just hanging out with the elephant, but nobody wants to actually like peek under the rug to see if it's actually an elephant <laughs> or if it's a pile of shit, right? It, <laughs> it is probably shit in the room and it smells and no one wants to say anything. And I'm cussing yeah. on my podcast, but <laughs> it's just a word y'all get over it. Don't be too religious. It's this knowing though, like this is truly how everyone is operating. so when people talk about being woke, Right. Yeah. And and being aware or truly being in relationship with Jesus and actually having the ability to lean in and vision cast with him and see through his lens versus trying to see with our own eyes. It's like the rug doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And we're not willing to allow any rugs. And it's funny that I'm saying this analogy with my husband would be so proud of me. We had to get rid of all the rugs in our house because I have a little cute puppy who likes to pee oh. on them. And yes. so he's like, get rid of the rugs. It's it's just, it's the problem with the situation because otherwise there's no accidents and the dog knows to go outside. But when you keep peeing on the rug, it has a scent. And so it's just interesting to know that this simple analogy can allow people to realize, oh, wow, I'm standing in a room with a pile of dung and I've just been sitting there. And now because it keeps smelling like that, it's the normal complacent place that I'll hang out. Yeah. I don't well, want to sit in a room full that smells like that. And we've just, I think we've just lived in that in so long. And I think part of what the Lord has been doing in the last couple of years with all of this is all of this has been happening for a long time. It's not new. Like it's yeah. all, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's been totally. happening since the you Old know, Testament. Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, it's been happening. But we kind of like lived this life of just thinking, oh, you know, America is, you know, um, we're just fifties, yeah, yeah, like, totally. and then the fifties, like the Pleasantville, you know, perfection. Yes. And Ugh. my eyes were just open to like, oh my gosh, like I, my eyes were open to all of this has been happening this whole time, but like now we just see it, like it's being revealed. But, you know, for God to like come and like overcome these things and like create true change and like deliver us, like sin has to be exposed, you know? Right. And so we should actually right. be excited about that, you know, even yeah. though I'm kind of daily terrified about communism and all that yeah. stuff. And, sure, you know, absolutely. And it's true it's though. It's about, it's about. <laughs> Well, it's faith over fear, faith over fear. Really? I mean, it, oh my gosh, it totally is. But um, yeah, so I, the so in, I have a questions because I have, I have a lot of friends who are um, very good at use, using their voice. And I think a lot of them are also in that fight perspective versus flight. Right. Mm -hmm. And I never want my, um, my normal tendency to be uh a tool that the enemy uses to suppress, right? And so voice for me is very, very important. Sharing my story, talking about shame that is blanketing society uh, rather than from necessarily like a political lens or the wrongdoings. I think that there's different ways that we as a, as a kingdom need to operate and instill truth. Uh, but I have a lot of friends who have been like shadow banned because of the things that they're talking about in the same vicinity of what you're saying and I haven't seen that happen to me. They don't have that component of fear of what if I say this wrong thing? I mean, simply speaking around vaccinations, one thing, right? Yeah. They have to use other words. They have to use other symbols. They have to use other emojis. They have to have all of this like um, hidden experience. It's almost cryptic in how they show up so that they're not getting shadow banned. 
So I know shadow banning happens in social media. And for those of you who guys who don't know what that means, it basically just means that Facebook or Instagram or any social media, they red flag what you're saying. And then yeah. no one can see that you even exist to the point that they could even strip and take your account. And yep. so has that happened to you at all? Or, you know, people with, yeah. <laughs> yes. So um, my Instagram reach, like specifically in my stories is really, really low and doesn't really recover. Um, I mean, I also don't, I don't love social media in the sense that I'm not a super organized Instagrammer per se. Like I'm not always thinking about business on there, you know, but I share a lot of things because I feel like I just feel like the truth, like somebody has to share the truth, you know, like the truth is so powerful and that's exactly why they try to suppress it because they don't want people to know the truth, you know? Um, and anyway, all that being said, kind of, I'll finish a piece of my story and then answer your question about what happened. Cause it goes into my story. Ooh, yeah, um, okay. I decided last, you know, like last summer, I was like, I am just kind of done doing what the world does. And I am going to work with faith based photographers like I'm like, I'm just done. I'm going to speak openly about stuff. I'm going to do my next launch just structured around faith and just kind of let the Lord do what he's going to do. Um, and I had a huge like a huge launch, like it was super successful. I went through that. I could share my heart. Um, I had also just gone through something really excruciating in my family. Um and so I was like, probably like the most broken that maybe I've ever been. And then it was so crazy to go into this and have this like massive business success. And once again, like didn't feel, um, not that I didn't try, cause I did try, like there was a lot of work to kind of organize stuff, but it's like the Lord just kind of gave me that direction. Um, and I use a model, uh, I use a lot of paid advertising to funnel people into my funnels for live launches, you know? Um, and then I do evergreen like on the back end. And going to be working more on my evergreen strategy in these next years um, with Facebook ad craziness. After I did this big launch, my Facebook uh, ads account was shut down for 30 days because of something I had shared. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so, yeah. And now I have like, I have like restrictions on groups. Um, I, <sighs> um, yeah, I'm like slowly kind of getting knocked down in my account. And I honestly am like, am I just going to disappear, you know, wow. one day? And so, wow. you know, try to kind of have some backups in place, but just really yeah. trying to think about the long-term strategy of like, what will I have to do if I don't really have social or I'm not allowed on Facebook or Instagram? Yeah, for or sure. What does that look like? You know? Yeah. Um, what would you say? Yeah. Have you, have you formulated any answers to that question? Um, how, how so? Can as you... far as what are you, what are you doing to kind of set a pathway, a new path that is outside of the meta? Mm, yes. Um, so, I mean, I've been podcasting, so I've, I've been podcasting for coming on a year. So like, yeah, congratulations. 1st, basically. yes, it's, it's been so cool just to kind of see yeah. my whole goal. Like last year for the podcast was like, I just want consistency. I just want to show up. I just want to, you know, have consistency every week for, um, for that year. And I'm excited just to grow it in this next year and kind of really work yeah. on that and that long content or long form content. Um, I think diversifying, you know, some different yeah. platforms. Um, I did try to go on a platform called Mighty Networks for a while, which is kind of like yeah. having your own little Facebook. It was kind of hard though, because I felt like I grew it for about six months and I just didn't feel like the interaction was there because it's an yeah. extra step for people to log into. Yeah, um, I had that exact same situation. I kept with it for about 18 months. I actually had several of my clients launch their apps and programs on there with that thought pattern because of, we have a very shared experience and mentality as you. And uh, it was really difficult. Really difficult. Yeah. We ended up switching off of it, going into a new program. And then I'm in the process of developing an app, um, which I think is going to oh, really be rad for all of the interaction. It actually has live features just like Facebook and stuff. So I'll pass the info to you. Yeah, no, I would love the info. Yeah. Um, cause I do think we have to kind of start thinking about this, you know, and yeah. I also kind of want to start really considering taking some of my time off of social media, you know, just yes. the amount of scrolling, the amount of all of it, like it just, yeah. it is kind of overwhelming. And I think it takes away from family and from purpose and it's distracting. Um, so I'm excited to go into this next year and kind of really think about what that's going to look like, you know, um, so you're serving these faith-based photographers at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got obviously kind of a trajectory path of staying in truth and staying in service. Uh, yeah. one of the things that you mentioned in your, in your bio was that being the Joan of Arc of their business. I really <laughs> love that. I want you to unpack it for a minute. 
and then yeah. talk about business as a battlefield, because I really believe that's um, something I'm really passionate about and I believe in as well. Totally. Um, so uh, kind of where we are, story story hit, my Facebook ads account got shut down for 30 days, you know, because of something I shared. And it wasn't even like that bad. And I don't feel like I go crazy, crazy conspiracy. You know, like I'm not, yeah, yeah. I don't think There's I'm like so, so far, it. you know, like I'm not on like the QAnon side of things. Yeah, but, like, everyone's sure, like, oh sure. my gosh, you know. Um, and so I try to be somewhat discerning of what I post, yeah, you know, for sure. um, <laughs> But, but again, anyway. like you said, truth is truth and people don't like it. And yeah. so regardless of what degree of truth it is, it's still capital T. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, so I was just kind of thinking, I was like, so when I first had started my education business, I went into photography because I felt like that is where I'm most uniquely qualified. So I feel like this is where I need to start. But long term, I really have a dream of just helping, you know, just like women business owners, you know. Um, and I think my story is playing out throughout the years of what this kind of looks like. But there's elements of courage and um, elements of like the like being in the battlefield and you know, just kind of showing up and going through the hard stuff, you know, and speaking truth and being brave, like in our businesses. And so I really think that's kind of long term where I'll be. Um, but now my next step was kind of like, you know, um, uh, starting the podcast. So I would have a place where I could just really speak openly. That's really what I love about podcasting. Cause it's like, you can just speak, you know, yeah, and no just, filter. <laughs> yes. it's, it's wonderful for that, for that. Um, and so I started my podcast and then, um, I ended up launching a, uh, a monthly membership site for women entrepreneurs. Um, and it's kind of like a business maintenance, uh, membership, but we all, you know, are on like similar tracks regarding faith and values and, you know, um, but stepping in when it comes to bravery and being outspoken. Um, and then this fall, I ended up launching um, another signature program for uh, online coaches and course creators. So now I'm teaching them how I grew my, my online coaching and course creator business, you know? And so a lot of where we go, I think, is teaching people where we are, you know, like what we just did in like the previous years. And I'm so excited about it. Like, it's awesome. And I have amazing students who just came in this fall. Um, but long story short, with the battlefield side of things, I just truly believe that, like, we can't separate God from our business. You know, we all have these strengths. My my strengths are in bravery and courage and kind of like, you know, hold the line or like, you know, first first round. Like, I got beat up kind of early, you know, so I'm kind of like, thank yeah, you, guys. More real. people are yes. coming in now. So um, but uh, one thing that I like kind of thinking back to, and this is controversial in the, um, in the faith world, I guess you could say, but, uh, there is something called, um, there's different names for it, like the seven mountain mandate and, um, yeah, this is so good. I know exactly well, what you're talking about. So it's basically saying yeah. that like Christians like have a responsibility to hold leadership positions and yeah. be influencers, you know, in different spheres of of the world. So like the political yep. scene, education, yeah, business, media, yep. entertainment. Yep. And some people like to take that and like turn it around and say, oh, it's like this weird thing that like blah 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 to me it's right. absolute common sense if christians yeah. don't arise in these places then what's going to happen like right. evil is going to take over yep. and ultimately i know we can't like stop the world from going down the path that it's going on like it will you know jesus will come back someday but we we can live our life like there was in the old, old testament where you know there are falls and rises you know and we can attribute to to the timing of that i think you know yeah. and yeah, how 100%. we show up yeah, so, and I think you're talking. I mean, we entertainment is a really great one because everyone understands yes. what's going on in Hollywood, right? And mm -hmm. people don't feel threatened by that when you talk about it because they're like, "Yeah, we we've seen it, we've heard of it." Maybe not the fullness of it. We could talk about sex trafficking and all of that piece as well. Yeah, um, but I think that it <laughs> don't get banned today, Tamara. <laughs> uh, this is my voice is so good. It's actually my transcription on my blog might get bland, banned, but that's okay. It's just this knowing that like there's clear examples politically, clear examples. And until everyone becomes a, a, like awoke to each of these understandings, art yeah. in the entertainment world, as far as art and creativity, music, you think of 
like the um, sex culture that's being infused into everything. It's absolutely yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And I, I am so passionate about it. And I think when we think about it from the lens of business and our responsibility in that, a lot of people are given kudos if they start a ministry. And the mm-hmm. ministry can help sex trafficking or they're starting a, min- a ministry and the ministry is helping in the educational realm or helping in the foster care system or helping in all of these areas. It's Giving Tuesday, I've thought, and already contributed to lots of these different types of ministries. But I am such an advocate that ministry is business and business is ministry and they're one in the same. And if we were to show up in that truth, we would actually have so much more capability in the marketplace because people would be giving no different than today, giving Tuesday, they'd be giving you money. And the first time there was exchange of money in the Bible was from somebody of evil holding money and actually giving it to a believer. And I believe that's the change that's about to take place and transpire with women like yourselves and everyone that you're helping steward in your community and the people that I'm linking arms with. It is happening. It is. And to know that like, we didn't even know each other a few months ago and to (laughs) see that like this symmetry in our mindset and our heart set, this was not a a preconceived conversation, y'all. This is just what God (laughs) has revealed to his daughters for such a time as this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like the more people that we can kind of get, you know, get in alignment with this, the better. Um, And then once you have, you know, like an army behind you, like more support, like all of a sudden, you're not so scared to speak up and do this stuff, you know. And um, it's like you think, why would our purpose, why would our calling and the Greek word for calling is like kalau, and it means like to be uh, like to be summoned to be called, you know, and we know just scripturally speaking that God has like really positioned us for something specific in our life Like he has called us to something that he created us for. So if we're fighting that and we're like only kind of like saving the scraps for like where we're called, you know, and we spend a third of our life sleeping, a third of our life working and probably a third of our life just kind of operating and resting and kind of doing our daily stuff and having some fun. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But if we're literally spending a third of our life working and there's no purpose behind it and we're Mm -hmm. like not moving the kingdom ahead, like, of course our world is going to suffer, you know, of course it will. And kind of going back to like the American church, like I think that they, um, and maybe this started in around like the fifties, sixties or something like that. I think they really started to shut down voices and kind of say like, no, like don't mix this stuff. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then you can look through like each generation of the the different struggles that have kind of, you know, come out. And um, I'm just, I'm kind of getting excited. You know, I get halfway terrified uh, (laughs) because you keep seeing things like every day, like come out, you know, um, but I'm kind of getting excited about some stuff. Like, what if like we see like abortion turned over, oh, you know, like, like seventies, yeah. like that was in the seventies. Like think about mm-hmm. like the height of like, you know, and now we're starting to see these cases in the Supreme court come through and like, we actually have a shot at it, you know? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, but then you go back, chills. it is. But then you look at the Bible. They've been through this. They were killing yeah. babies in Jesus's time. They were killing babies in Moses's yeah. time. Moses, like, yeah. You know, and it, it's just, you know, and it's like a sacrifice to the devil, you know, yeah. and like all of this. And so I don't know. I'm just I'm excited because if you look at the past and the history and we know that history repeats itself, like yeah. we could be coming up to just a really incredible an incredible stage. But we all have to arise, you know, yeah. and we have to say, yeah. like, no, I'm not going to be complacent and I'm not just going to kind of sit here and you know, just operate. And like, we have to connect our purpose to what we're doing every single day. There's not an option. And well, I think when you think about that, because people are always like in the search of this purpose, and it's not like, I've said this before on the show is it's not a destination, right? It's an ever, it's just like my book always becoming, it's a process. It's a journey. Just like you said, he's shifting you constantly into further understanding, into further clarity. Um, But the fire that we have within us, that calling piece, that summoning is to something greater than self. And the people who are in that space of discomfort or complacency, and they're just spending a third of their life doing a thing that they don't love, it's why they're drawn to something more. And those are like, not only our ideal clients, like we want to help serve and unlock and share and teach and steward. uh, But simultaneously, there are those people who just don't feel like they've made the breakthrough in their individual business to be able to speak out on something they're actually truly, really passionate about. So maybe they're spending a third of their life studying it, praying over it, 
what is happening in your prayer closet should also be happening as a vocal piece to what God is depositing to you in your prayer closet. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we become armies and that's where we become stewards of the word rather than just, I prayed about it. Yeah, I prayed about it. I'm praying for the politics. I'm praying for the babies. I'm praying for all these things. What are you doing beyond that? Because God needs vessels in the earth to activate his presence. And if they're allowing the control, whether in business, I mean, we could say it over and over and over again, it's in every different facet, feature, mountain, denomination that's happening right now. And it's the whole, the entirety of the word of the character of God that is needed. Yeah, it really is. Oh, I know. I know. I see over here. I'm sweating. <laughs> well, and I always thought something was wrong with me. Like, oh, I'm too intense or I'm too this or I'm too that. And like so many people just, you know, put that, put that, uh, put that message over me sure. throughout my upbringing. And so I think in 2020, like that summer, I just like, I like broke free. It was like chains just came off and there was a cost to it, you know, with relationships, you know, and all of it just like being stripped and like, I'm still being stripped, you know, I feel like I'm still kind of being stripped in some ways. Um, but it's like, you know, that like you're walking through the purification process, like you're getting refined in the fire and, um, it's just kind of tapping into like who we're made to be, you know? And so, I think there's so many beautiful parts to your story. And even as we were talking earlier, and I was just like poking you a bit about the the book that you have to write, uh, is this knowing of that transitional piece and the fact that you showed up even in the chaos, yeah. right? And you've mentioned that at the beginning and you've mentioned it here at the end. So it's a perfect ribbon to the end of this conversation. But the knowing that God actually provides and sustains in those seasons even though there's hardship relationally, even though there could be hardship financially, like all of the different pieces of self, God will restore the faith in the other area if your eyes are open to it and if you're stewarding it well. And so um, my heart as you're talking is just like continued outpour of blessings and for God to actually reveal a brand new community of people who are already fighting so that you can just join the army and not feel like you have to be the one who's the colonel going in the front all the time, the pioneer, even though we need (laughs) pioneers for sure. Um, But I think that it's going to be really amazing to see the people who link arms with you in the next season as you continue to say yes to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's totally where I'm at. And it's, um, it's so interesting because I'm definitely, I'm also forming a community, you know, that is like, like I didn't, I never felt part of one that I really like felt accepted or like that was like my people. And I'm like forming that within like my community of students and my community, you know, um, just getting to network and get to know people now like you, Tamara, you know, know. and it's, it's so, so cool. Um, also, God did give me a book name like probably 15 years ago. That I, and it's like in the last year, I feel like he like basically told me what that name meant or what that would what that would mean. And so someday that's a big project, though. <laughs> oh, I'm someday. so excited. OK, <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Uh, it's so good and so exciting. And I feel like that's a component of voice, right? Like you get to actually unlock and they can't keep that off shelves. They can't shadow ban your book once it's out there and sealed and you get to self-publish it and do all of those things. So I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for more authors, speakers, pioneers, and all of the different fronts to, to show up and stand up. And obviously if you're looking for somebody to ask questions to, to pray alongside you, um, to get the rugs out of your rooms and sweep it all clear. <laughs> Ashley June is your girl. And so you guys can find her at ashleyjuneco.com. You can also find her at Ashley June Co on uh, Instagram, which are her two places to hang out. Are there any other places you want to steward people to say hey to you? Ooh, um, well, I do have a monthly membership program and it's for wild and radiant women entrepreneurs. So whether you're in the service-based industry, um, the online industry, it's, it's just a community where you get business resources every month to work on your business and a community to do it with. So we do calls and workshops and stuff like that. So it's when's your, when's your conference? Oh, my conference. Yeah. Wait, your wild and radiant conference. Yeah. You should have one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. She's like, oh my gosh, did I forget something? <laughs> I was like, um, 
I so need to, I typically do retreats for my students, you know, so those are really awesome. Um, I think I'm going to be doing one in the late spring. Um, but yeah, I, gosh, I have so many big dreams. It's more so the time and the capacity to like push them through to fruition. So totally, totally. Well, I will partner with you in all the things. I love it so much. I'm so honored to know you and excited uh, for people to tune into this show and all the things that you have going on. Thank you so much for being here, Ashley. Yes. Thanks for having me. Hi, y'all. Go be wild and radiant. Yes. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories. And our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.